It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's time for the Locked On Sports Minnesota Roundtable. It's going to be myself, moderator, giving out the time and the points, putting guys in the penalty boxes they act up. We got Sam Ekstrom. We got Luke Inman and Reggie Wilson from Superior Sports Talk. It's all sports. It's all talk. Stay tuned. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Locked On Sports Minnesota Roundtable. We're going to have a myriad of topics today, but we're doing something different. Each guy gets one minute now to talk. They're going to have to get their best in there. You know, it's debate time. So we're going to treat this like a debate. And if somebody earns more time, I'll let them know. If not, if everybody sucks... Nobody gets more time, but (laughs) starting out the gate, it's the Vikings bye week people. And as Luke and I talked about on the Ron Johnson show, I predicted this. Everybody said I was a homer. Everybody said, you know what? You're just doing it because the Vikings are paying you because it's on Vikings.com. Maybe. Hey, I'm guilty. But you know what? Guilt is not always a bad thing sometimes because people can get guilted into going to the gym. Just ask me and Reggie. We tried that. We got guilted into doing a media workout. But when you look at this 5-1 and one Vikings team, it's the bye week. You go back a couple years. You go back even last year. The Vikings were 3-3. Three and three. They had losses to the uh, Cardinals, to the Bengals, which was close. I mean, they had some close games. Let's not forget this. And then Cleveland. Now this Vikings team is winning those same close games, those same close games that they would lose by a field goal, that they would not be able to close a game out, that they would miss a field goal to win it. There were so many scenarios last year where this same team, this same group of guys could have been five and one, but something changed. But when you're looking at this bye week, how do you guys feel about it compared to then and now? Let's start with you, Reggie. Uh, Look, I feel good. You know, last year I was there for pretty much all of those games, and they were not, not good. That game against Cleveland last year, you mentioned the Browns. Like, Baker Mayfield couldn't hit the side of a barn last year. He was missing. He missed a wide-open OBJ on the sideline last year, and it was just like, what are we doing? They only scored seven points, and it was just like, how how do you lose to this team? This year, you know, <laughs> talking to Dalvin Cook a few weeks ago, he was just like, this is crazy. Like, last year, we were not winning these games. And so this is a totally different team. I'm not really sure what is different, honestly, because the team is largely the same. A new voice maybe helps, new motivations, I guess. But this team is is winning these games that they would have lost last year. And I don't know if it's just KOC's living right. I don't know who he was talking to before. He must have had a nice conversation with, with Jesus before the season started. Like, look, guy, I'm coming to you here in Minnesota. You know how it goes here. Help me, Lord. The guy was like, all right, I got you, G. And it's just crazy that, like, he decided that this was the the place that he was going to come and have success. He pretty much manifested it. And it's really cool to see that the Vikings are pulling these games out that they weren't winning last year. Now, it it does kind of give you a little pause, though. You're like, okay, they can't keep winning these games like this. At some point, they're going to have to put teams away and play consistently. But – Right now, I'm I'm feeling good. If if I'm a Vikings fan, I have to feel good about where this team is. And, you know, there's a little bit of a deficit there, you know, with that four games in there that they could kind of stub their toe if they have to, but you don't want them to. 
but it looks good so far so good let's go with uh sam yeah so first of all i apologize for the hotel room audio secondly <laughs> i think back to last year cincinnati opening game of the season second half of that game kirk cousins was spectacular and they lost arizona game kirk cousins was spectacular the whole game and they lost they wasted some of Kirk's best football in the first two games of last season. Now this year, I don't think they're getting Kirk's best football yet, but I know Kirk has it in him. Kirk Cousins always delivers a stretch where he is lights out for four or five games in a row. I don't know if we've seen it yet, but still the Vikings are winning. So if they're winning with a quarterback who is still figuring this offense out, he's had four games with a QBR below 50. That's not very good. He's had two really good games as well. But I still think his best football is still to come. I think KOC is going to get better as a play caller. I think they're going to eliminate some of these black holes that the offense goes into at times where they just can't produce. So I like where they're at, and I like that they are winning despite not playing their best. Hmm. I like the emoji. So we go to Luke Inman. No, Sam hit on a lot of good things here. I think last year, sitting at three and three, a lot of frustration, right? Fumble by Cook and Cincy, miss kick versus Arizona. You lose 14-7 at home versus Cleveland. You can't score more than seven points at home. So frustrating losing close games because, not because you got outplayed, but self-inflicted mistakes turning what you knew should have been wins into losses this year. I think the expectations, for some at least out the gate, were lowered a bit because you got the tough opening schedule, Packers, Eagles, Saints, new coach, new systems, and they're exceeding those expectations with close wins now. I know they failed their own really tough litmus test of the season versus Philly. Everyone's waiting for them to kind of beat a good opponent, but despite the winning, clearly haven't came close to playing their best ball yet. Those are reasons why I feel better than last year because – Despite not putting all three phases together for four quarters yet, you're still finding ways to win and overcome those early struggles with the hope that offensively and defensively, you're only just going to continue to get better. This is where I'm going to go with this, fellas. First of all, I think the Vikings are different, and this is why. The Vikings are different because of small things like penalties. We look at the Miami Dolphins. That drive early on in the game – where Skylar Thompson every single time was daggering the Vikings and every single time he was getting penalized by some form, some fashion, somebody. So that was the stuff the Vikings would do. Like Xavier Rhodes would have a, a, a timely pass interference or we'd see Trey Waynes trip and fall and grab a guy. We'd see an offensive lineman hold four, five times. Now we're in third and 48. I mean, that's just not happening as much you, you do you are getting penalties but they're not being penalized so one a different voice has gotten these guys to get it going two it's a different voice offensively i think kirk cousins is the reason it's a big difference they feel comfortable whenever they get the ball and that's why they're winning like this defense is the same so i got to give that to koc and kirk cousins for the difference like nothing's changed everybody else is the same and when i'm gonna divvy out more time one reggie went over the clock so he's getting nothing i wish i had a My mute bad. button like uh, uh, <laughs> some of those shows where you can mute the person going over. Uh, and, and, and Sam, because, you know, like the hotel room, automatically out the gate, I'm giving you a negative. 
for the hotel room, but you do get a bonus for your bed being made. I, I appreciate that. I'm going to go with Luke Inman. I like where Luke Thank was going you. with that. You got 30 more seconds, Luke, on you. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, you kind of touched on it, Ron. What is the big differences between last year and this year? Listen, the core foundation of the roster, basically the same. You swap out Jordan Hicks and Anthony Barr, Michael Pierce and Harrison Phillips. It's Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff. I don't think enough people realized how much a difference these coaches have made for this team this year versus last year under Mike Zimmer. You saw how bad things got under Mike Zimmer, specifically those last two years. And it's not just offensively and defensively. Matt Daniels uh, should be up for one of the special teams coaches of the years because he single-handedly has won the Vikings a game or two already this season versus what we saw in 2020 and 2021 special teams lost so many close games for the Vikings near the end. So coaching has been the big difference as well. Outside of what you mentioned, Ron, those penalties have been a huge factor. Number one in the league in uh, um, not getting penalties and penalties opposing other teams, uh, number one in the NFL. So that's obviously a huge reason why the Vikings are improving this year versus last year too. Yeah, and I'm looking at fourth downs made as well. When you think about going forward, on fourth down for an offense, the Vikings have already converted three this season, where last year I think total had only been like 11 or 10, 10 or 11. So they're already on pace to do a lot better on fourth down. Kevin O'Connell has a reason for it. But we're going to move on to the next topic. The next topic, we're still in the Vikings. You saw a big trade come across last night. Everybody's checking on the Panthers. Are you okay? Michael Jackson song playing. Panthers, are you okay? Are you okay, Panthers? Panthers, are you okay? Because they got rid of Christian McCaffrey. I don't think anybody ever thought Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers and his injuries would always be together forever. I mean, we felt like this was going to be a marriage forever. Now the 49ers have to deal with it. Maybe the 49ers training staff. I mean, you look at some of the players that went there and, you know, stayed healthy and have like Trent Williams. Everybody's like, oh, Trent Williams' career is over. And now look at him. He's, he's about to, I mean, the, going to be one of the highest paid tackles, best tackles ever in football because – 49ers are doing what, what he loves, which is run the ball. Now you get a running back who can catch and run with Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't throw farther than 50 yards. So now you got our perfect passer to Christian McCaffrey underneath. So within this trade deadline, I think it's November 1st. So we got a few more days left. Is there something or someone you think the Vikings can trade for that makes total sense for this team? And I'm going to start with Sam in the hotel room. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, first of all, Christian McCaffrey going to San Francisco is the kiss of death because running backs can't stay healthy in San Francisco and he's already injury, injury prone. So I'm not optimistic about the way that goes. Um, I look at the, the available bodies on the market. Some of them are just too expensive. Like the Vikings can't absorb Robert Quinn's contract. You know, they, it would need to be somebody on a rookie deal because they have no cap space. I think True. Elijah Moore from the New York Jets is intriguing. Why? First of all, he wants out. He's disgruntled. He wants to be traded. He's in just the second year of his rookie deal. This is a, a, a early round pick by the Jets. If the Vikings acquired him, who cares if he contributes this year? You've got him for a third year. You've got him for a fourth year. You've got more team control um, beyond 2022. So I would love to have a core of Jefferson, Osborne, and then a couple flyers of Elijah Moore and Jalen Rager coming back next year with Adam Thielen. That's a nice, promising receiving core. And my clock went away. Do I have time left? Anyone? 
I don't know. That's Matt's call. You have Matt. no time. I don't know. No. <laughs> You're out. We're going to go down to Reggie now. Reggie, trade requests. So this may be unpopular, but I would not trade for anyone. I think what's interesting is um, the reason why I say that is, is because they've been largely healthy, you know, give or take Harrison Smith going down with the concussion, Andrew Booth Jr. going down um, with his injury. I think they've been one of the healthiest starting 22s that that we've seen in the league. And so I think if they just continue to have a little bit more continuity with one another, they'll continue to grow together. And they've played together all along anyway. Um, you know, like Luke said, just give or take a few players from last year, you know, Anthony Barr and and uh, Harrison Phillips coming in and Jordan Hicks coming in. And you're just like, okay, like they, they can sustain this. And so it's funny. So many people, I had a dude tweeting yesterday this video that I posted uh, about my brother getting shouted out by OBJ, talking about OBJ was here for a visit. It's not happening. You'll call the man out of this video. Let's go with uh, you, Lucas Inman. Yeah, NFL's just not like the MLB where you see all these teams make all these moves at the deadline or teams that are out of contention kind of trade away the farm. C-Mac's going to be the big one, but outside of that, you just don't see a lot of movement outside of, you know, a veteran player for a sixth or seventh round conditional pick. As far as the Vikes go, I think Quasey already made his moves when he brought in Ross Blacklock and Jalen Rager. It was funny. ESPN came out with like 15 possible trades they wanted to see. They had the Vikes trading Chris Boyd in a sixth to the Chargers for Michael Davis, their slot corner, because Chandon Sullivan, they said, had been kind of underwhelming. And uh, Michael Davis would have been an upgrade. Well, he costs like five, six mil. And like Sam said, there's just not a lot of money for the Vikings right now either. So uh, they're strapped for cash. That makes it really tough to be active. Also, like Reggie said, half these trades that you see happen is because of injuries. Vikes have been one of the healthiest teams in the league so far. And because of that, I don't think they're in a, a pressing situation to force their hand and overpay to bring somebody in. I think Kwesi and KOC are just very content with where the roster's at right now. I agree. Um, I am going to go with a tight end. If you think about a tight end, there's mm. some tight ends out there that they could possibly trade for. But the one that, I mean, he's looking for a trade, or not he's looking for the team, the Dolphins might try to move Mike Jacecki. Now, this is the reason why. One, he's, 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 he's getting $10 million guaranteed. So the guarantee is on the Dolphins. So in that trade, if they really just want – a piece of the puzzle to say because they're 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 receiver heavy where they're like he knows we're going to be in an 11 personnel for most of these games now we're receiver heavy this is our offense so if that's what they're doing you you put it on them you say hey you eat this 10 million in dead cap space you tell mike jacecki like look this is what we can pay you if you're willing to do this and then the dolphins have to match to make sure they continue your guarantee because that's what they guaranteed you so there's a way to get that trade for one year and see if there's lightning in a bottle because i think he'll be a free agent after this year he signed a, uh, he had, i think he had like a one-year deal left on his four-year deal uh or something like that but they can then see like if, if mike jacecki is 6'6 250 is a guy he's gonna get bigger maybe he's the guy because they're looking for a tight end so that's one that could happen that would not cost him a lot of money and he already knows how to do the gritty horribly but he knows how to do the gritty and i saw him no. and justin jefferson talking after the game about it so uh luke and, that, that's and, a good one and, ron 
that that's a good one, Ron. I wonder what he would cost because remember the Vikes don't have a fourth or a sixth round pick already going into next year. But right. a lot of times when you see these teams trying to uh, you know give away some of these vets, they don't ask for a lot either. You fifth, no. sixth, seventh round conditional. It could be a twenty twenty four incentive. Yeah, that's it could true. be a twenty twenty four pick. Because look at look at the 49ers. Yeah. They got some twenty twenty fours in there. Uh Luke didn't think the Vikings need to make a trade. Reggie didn't think the Vikings need to trade. So I'm gonna give thirty more seconds to Sam Ekstrom. Dang. I've got one more trade proposal for you. Cam Akers is on the trade block. He's got this year and next year of his rookie contract. Alexander Madison is a free agent after this year. He's gone. Trade mm-hmm. Alexander Madison to the Rams, he gets to go back home to California and you ship a seventh round pick with him. You get Cam Akers for this year and for next year. And then your new running back room is Cam Akers, Kenny Wonglu, and Ty Chandler next year. Dalvin Cook becomes a cap casualty. Whoa, that was was a giant move there. You've been trying to trade Alexander Madison though since like the fourth. (laughs) You hate him. Training camp. Like we don't need him. Look at look at Ty Chandler. We don't need him. <laughs> well, Sam, Luke, have you or, uh, have you seen Sam, the, have you seen the discourse with with Cam Akers in L.A.? Like the dude is cooked. He's burnt pie. Like he can't. He's like Russell Wilson of running backs. He can't see the field. Like he hasn't produced much of anything this year. I know he had the Herculean effort coming back from the torn Achilles last year and being able to play in the Super Bowl, but like. The dude is not seeing the running lanes at all. Like, I would not give up a guy like Dalvin Cook or Madison. Honestly, I think Madison is a better back than Cam Akers is right now. Cam is just cooked. He's not He's not seeing the field well. I don't know how you trade Madison or give up Cook for Cam Akers. What are you doing, Sam? Yeah, He's running backs and ruptured Achilles. Ruptured Achilles and running backs just don't mesh very well. No. That's what worries me. Cam Akers, before the injury, though, I get it, Sam was electric he was great well now I hold just up if you're making you're if we're gonna make prop bets why don't we just bet on that if cam Akers ends up having a better season than that no we're not doing that but bet online i bet they'll come up with a prop bet sam what do you have for bet online <laughs> betonline.net it's your number one source for football betting info this season i can't believe how how badly i got reggie going on that that was so great i just got to say that um i hate the rain betonline.net we <laughs> hey your lakers are doing great this year um, I've been whoa, following whoa, that Penn State Gophers line all week. I'm in Happy Valley right now, scouting out the competition. A bunch of Penn State fans here. Gophers fans are probably next door getting the, the tailgate ready. Um, it's right now Gophers five and a half point underdogs. It started four and a half. It's to five and a half. Nobody believes in the Gophers. Why do they not believe? Probably because it's going to be a backup quarterback. But check that out at betonline.net. It is the number one source, not just for football, but it's NBA, NHL, MMA. Ron is flapping his wings, boxing and golf. This ad read is coming apart at the seams. Go to betonline.net right now on your mobile device. It's where the game starts. And if you're going to bet, bet on the Gophers. That's the Angels in the outfield. How do you not remember that movie? Yeah, Little kid on. stands okay. up. The whole crowd now, does did, the angels in the outfield. The, it didn't really let the angels know. <laughs> to let the angels know that they're out there with them. So it's going to be a bunch of gopher fans in the sea of white wearing yellow. And they're going to be doing the angels angel in the outfield. Right letting, now, kid. letting the backup quarterback know the angels are with you out there. Tanner Morgan is with you. Don't worry. Make this play. You guys remember that movie? Anyway, going to the Wolves 
looking sloppy on Wednesday. They do play Friday night, tonight. Um, when you think about this team, do we anticipate growing pains? Or is this a team that's dominant because of the two bigs? Uh, I mean, if you watch the other games recently, like the Lakers struggle, they don't have a three-point shooter on the bench besides LeBron. And LeBron said it. I watched it. There was a stretch where uh, I think they missed eight consecutive three-pointers and could have, like, tied the game up. Like, the crowd's, like, waiting to get off their hands. And every single time they took a shot, crowd goes up. (gasps) And then you look at uh, Michael Westbrook, or Michael Westbrook, Russell Westbrook on the bench. 0 for 11 in the field goal. So the Timberwolves aren't dealing with that. They have some scores. They have some bigs. But we're going to start with you, Reggie. Do you think the Timberwolves are solid and it's going to get better? Or do you think we're going to see some growing pains with this new system of two bigs? I think it's a little bit of both. I'm still just trying to figure out how this is going to work. You know, Luke and I continue to talk about it. They're zigging. The league is zagging. They got two bigs down there. Like, it is kind of scary when you think about it, you know, going into the paint. But honestly, Cat wants to play on the wing. Cat wants to play on the perimeter and, and just shoot threes. He's really not interested in banging on the inside like that. He, he just kind of plays like a seven-foot guard. I'm just interested to see how the chemistry continues to develop between these guys. Like, they're going to have some growing pains. They're going to take their lumps because this is kind of unprecedented. It's kind of uncharted. Like, I asked Tim Connolly, the Wolves president of basketball operations, before the the game on Wednesday, like, how do you see this going? He was like, oh, I think we'll take some lumps early. He was like, but I think we'll figure it out. These guys are talented. And so they have confidence that they can get it done. It's just how will some of the other players complement them? Guys like D'Lo, Jaden McDaniels had a great game, plus 14 in game one. How is that going to work out with them? Well, let's go with you, Luke. What you got? Well, I think you can have growing pains, but also still win games, especially when you look at the schedule right out the gate. Pretty soft schedule. Take advantage of some of those bad teams in the league. And when you add such a talented big man next to Cat, like Reggie said, in a league that's kind of moving towards a small ball, there's just going to be a lot of question of what is it going to look like? Is Finch going to roll with groups of twos and rotations? Is he going to leave all four out there? I'm sure Chris Finch even knew the answer to that, but he probably understood at the same time, it would be a little trial and error here. What's working well, what's not make the proper adjustments. These first few weeks, the dream scenario though, you take a page out of the Vikings playbook, find ways to keep winning while still figuring out what rotations you like the most, what groups of guys look the best together while you figure out the timing and kind of chemistry and all that stuff during certain parts of the game and what Chris Finch ultimately wants this to look like in the end. I like it. I like it. I like it. With Let's go with uh, – Look at that. You had time to spare. Man, you're you're really trying to yeah, earn that man. extra 30 seconds with, with – just like straight to the point takes. Just go with, uh, <laughs> let's go with Sam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Luke's uh, efficiency today is up high. Let's go with you, Sam. Yeah, a really good efficiency rating. You know who has a good efficiency rating? Rudy Gobert. Holy cow. He's just another piece that can win you a game when other guys aren't playing well. Cat mm. Edwards, they weren't very good on Wednesday. But Gobert just erased all of it. He was so effective and efficient on the offensive end. He cleans up misses. He gets big rebounds on the defensive end. He alters shots, even when he doesn't get a block. You saw the best-case scenario happen on Wednesday night for what Rudy Gobert can bring to the table. Cat is the one who has to reinvent himself. 
Edwards is kind of doing the same thing. Like Russell's being asked to do the same thing. Gobert comes in and he's the one shoving Cat to this new role. Cat's also reinventing himself with this new like slider frame. And, and he's got to learn a new position, not only offensively, but defensively that he's going to be in more full time. So I think Cat has the biggest hurdle, um, but I trust him to get there. Like no one works harder than, than that guy. I think Carl Anthony Towns will figure it out, but I think he's the one who's going to have the growing pains. Great points, Sam. Mm, I like it. I like it. This is where I'm going to go with it. I'm a hooper by nature. I hoop every chance I get. I'm going to, I'm hooping today after the show. Like as soon as the show's over, I'm going to hoop at the gym. Um, and this is what I look at. When I look at hooping, I look at the Lakers first. When you're a hooper, you just got to go to the basket. I saw a great Instagram video of a basketball coach, and he was telling kids, like one kid did this like fake move up here to do a layup. And he's like, stop doing the drill crap you see on Instagram and TV. He was like, you guys drill too much. He's like, just go to the park and play basketball. Like, just go shoot. Go take a guy to the lane. Like, he showed him like a crossover. Like, look, every time I cross over, you got to switch your feet. Stop doing all this trick stuff. And so when I think about the NBA and teams like the Lakers, for instance, that looks like a bunch of guys that do a lot of drills in the gym, but they're not getting it going. So when I go to the Timberwolves, I feel opposite. I feel like Anthony Edwards. I mean, now maybe I'm, I'm stuck in this movie with Bo Cruz, but Anthony Edwards is a hooper. Like, I feel like he is the guy that's going to make this go. And then what happens? When you have two bigs, you have to sink the defense in. That's going to give him more space to operate. I just think once they get that flow of, look, we're just hoopers. Let's go play. We got a seven-footer down there. We got Cat playing where he wants to play. I think they're going to get it going. I don't think there's going to be growing pains. I mean, they're going to lose because we can't win 82 games. I think they're going to be fine. I'm going to give the bonus points to Reggie. He gets 30 more seconds. Why? Because he name-dropped Tim Connolly. Like, he he just casually said, yeah, I was talking to Tim Connolly. He told me he told me my guy, the team's going to be this year. It's my guy. So, 30 more seconds to you, Reggie. Go at it. What else you got for the Timberwolves? It's interesting um, you brought that up, Ron, because uh, I was talking to Larry McKenzie, um, you know, legendary basketball coach in the area, and he was sitting up in the crowd watching the game. And he texted me. He was like, you know, Rudy is great. He was like, but he's kind of clogging up the lane. You talked about, like, guys just going to go hoop. Anthony Edwards is a guy that just wants to go hoop, and he's like, he's kind of clogging up the lane for Ant to go um, – get to the basket and so you saw a lot of like ants settling for jumpers he shot you know several threes and he kind of missed those I, I don't think he really got a chance to get into a rhythm I think as they continue to figure this thing out Anthony Edwards is going to find his wings but as coach was saying he felt kind of clipped in that first game of the season I like it I like it well next wings. one well Sam's was that wings for the Timberwolves <laughs> I don't know <laughs> angels in the, wings, angels in the, the target center <laughs> There's angels in the target center. <laughs> yeah. So now we go to the Gophers. A whiteout, 6.30 p.m. Gophers are going with the Golden Dome helmets. They're going with the white jerseys and I think yellow pants. I'm not sure. PJ said, told me what it was, and I already forgot. But I know it's white jerseys, gold helmets. Not sure if the pants are gold or the pants are maroon. Probably pants are probably maroon because I don't think the yellow gold with the gold helmets looks right, but maybe I'm wrong. So I think maroon pants, white jerseys, gold helmets, 6.30 p.m., white out, Saturday. Everybody's excited. We're going to start with you, Luke. Luke, the Gophers, Penn State. Can Minnesota win if they start with the backup quarterback? They could, especially considering the Gophers' office isn't an offense that typically airs it out, relies heavily on the quarterback's arm, and the passing game, you know they want to run the ball with Mo, play great defense. That's always their recipe for success. 
Having said that, is it likely? Probably not. It's just such a tough ask to ask your backup quarterback to go in a hostile environment like Happy Valley and not just manage the game, but you know, they're going to have to deliver a few dropbacks, two or three big-time throws. Cole Kramer has, what, 13, 14 pass attempts in his career? Um, that's a tough ask against a, a pretty stout Penn State defense that is going to try to stop the run. Up until that game against Michigan, they only allowed 80 yards per game on the ground. Now, last week, which defense are you getting? Last week, they allowed 417 yards to Michigan. So, you know the Gophers' blueprint is going to be run the ball down their throat. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Vegas thinks. The line right now is, what'd you say, Sam? Penn State by six. If Tanner's ruled out, do they move that up? Is it is it moved just a point or two? Do they move it up by a touchdown? That's going to be interesting, something I'm looking at, too. Let's go with you, Sam. Yeah, I don't think Tanner's playing. I mean, I know that that PJ tried to create the illusion that he's doing better, but he's not playing. He's not going to come back one week after a blow to the head and and go on the road and play in this game. He's not. He, didn't he stay behind in Illinois? Like he's not going to play. So you are going to have to win with your backup. And Luke stole my point. The run defense had been phenomenal for Penn State, and then they give up 418 against Michigan. Now, Michigan's really, really good. Um, when Minnesota needed to run the ball against Purdue and they didn't have, have Mo Ibrahim, they couldn't for whatever reason. Now, they do have Mo for this game. Will that be a difference maker? Um, they're going to need to lean on him, and, and really it's going to come down to can Ethan make some throws on third down because they're going to run the ball a lot on first down, a lot on second down, can he come up with just enough third down conversions to move the chains? I didn't love what I saw from him against Illinois, but then again, he was thrown in late in that game. So with a full week to prepare, will he be more equipped to make some of those throws? That's the question. Reginald, it's on you. Yeah, I think this is just going to be like a, a yellow game for the Gophers. I know this probably is not what you want to hear, Ron, but I just don't think they have a chance. Penn State's going to be upset and angry, ready to pounce on the Gophers after losing to Michigan. And then, look, you got a backup quarterback in there. Honestly, the Gophers look cooked with the quarterback that they had. Tanner Morgan was 4 of 12. I'm looking at the stats, 4 of 12 for 21 yards and an interception when he went down. Like, yikes, like that. I mean, you would hope the backup quarterback can do even better than that. I guess the only chance that I give them is if Mo just goes – just berserk and goes off because even in that loss he still had 127 yards and a touchdown and so I could see them leaning heavily on him and trying to let that defense carry them but that's just going to be a tall task for them in Happy Valley hmm okay okay I see where you're going with that Reggie I like the YOLO mm -hmm. I like the YOLO this is where I go with it Happy Valley it's not so happy when the fans aren't happy. And I've played there. I've beaten them. I've had 97,000 fans yell at me, curse at me, and then shut the hell up. That's been the big thing there. If you can keep that crowd quiet, and Glenn Mason was on the show uh, with us, and, and he talked about their Ohio State game, and he said, he told us this, and I, I kind of remember, but he said, if the fans are quiet, you're doing good. If the fans are booing, you're doing great. And he said one of the guys was like, Coach, we must be doing awesome. He's like, why? He said, because the fans are leaving. And that was at Ohio State. And so I, I do the same thing with Penn State. A whiteout, 6.30 p.m. 
if it and it's not going to get out of hand. I don't think the Gophers are going to just run it. But there's the thing, they're going to run the ball with the backup quarterback. You're going to see Mo and Mo and Mo runs, Mo runs, Mo runs. Like it's going to be a Mo no show. Like it's going to be Mo running after Mo running after Mo running. I don't think the backup like Tanner hasn't done a ton anyway in the air as of late. The receivers haven't helped him out. So I think they can beat him with a backup because it's going to be a simple offense. It's going to be a run the crap. And then when they come in the box, they can play action and throw it deep. I'm going to give the 30 seconds to Reggie because Reggie used YOLO. Reggie, what else you got about Penn State? <laughs> Look, man, I, I, I think I would have a little bit more confidence in the Gophers had they not lost against Purdue and Illinois. Like, I know Illinois is, is probably tougher than – maybe people thought going in, but I just had, you know, we, we, we saw the, the good from them the first few games of the season. And then it just seems like the, the bottom fell out. They forgot how to, how to offense. They forgot how to play football a little bit. And I just don't understand how they had, you know, these couple games of lulls, like with so much expectation coming in, they're the veteran team, you know, you got, 7,000-year quarterback Tanner Morgan back there, Moe's coming back for his 600th year. Like, those things you thought would give them the, the advantage in all of the games that they've played, and I just didn't see them stubbing their toe against Purdue and Illinois. I thought maybe their first test would come this week, but they already got two losses. I don't understand. Hmm. Okay. And and, okay. and real quick to your guys' point too, Ron, they're they're gonna try to run the ball with Mo. Sam, they gotta convert those third down, those those critical third downs. Who are they throwing the ball to, right? Chris Ottman Bell's out, we know that. Michael Brown Stevens and Daniel Jackson, they combined for one catch for four yards last week for Illinois. It's gotta be the tight mm -hmm. end. Span Ford leads the team, 18 catches, senior, the crafty vet big body target he's going to be the guy that i would look for especially for a young quarterback to find on those critical third downs okay quick i've got, twitch I've now. got oh. one more thing but yep. before we get before we move on i don't want it to get too far away i just want to promote we had glenn mason on the show yesterday for ron and we relived the 1999 upset of penn state in happy valley i just want to emphasize how the gophers won that game the gophers threw a Hail Mary on first and 10 with two minutes left from their own 20, from their own 20. And Ron Talk caught it. YOLO, YOLO. And then, and then they had a fourth down later in the drive, another Hail Mary that Ron tips into uh, Arlen Bruce's hands to set up the game-winning field goal. Double Hail Mary to win that game. That episode with Glenn is so good. Everyone should go check it out. Yeah, it was hilarious. When he called Hail Mary on first and 10 from the 20, our quarterback was like, what? And he came into the huddle like, and said, all right, left? guys. Huh? He was like, all right, trip's right, Hail Mary. We were all like, what? Like, I can't say the word. I would say Reggie know what I would probably say, but I'm like, Rick, um, what? Hail Mary? What are you doing? Like, this game's not over yet. We got two minutes. Like, come on, Coach Hitch. Slant. Out, run, let's get out of bounds. Yeah, get that easy nope. first completion going. No, nope. hell, Mary. Mary. We were like, All right, on three, ready, break. Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? And it worked. So, you know what? Hats off to Glenn Mason for losing his patience because it worked. All right, quick twitch. We're not going to take a minute on this. We don't need a clock. Uh, we're going to do a quick twitch of your thoughts on the wild. So, just really quick around the horn, and then we're going to do a last minute game, and we're done. So really quick, I just want to go each of you to just kind of yes or no and why. We don't need to explain it. 
But the Wild, one and three start. I saw Pat McAfee tell Alan Thielen that his team effing sucks with the Wild. But he says that about every hockey team, he says. <laughs> Mark Flurry has not been getting a ton of uh, time in behind the, uh, between the pipes. Are you worried about the one and three start or is this, are they just fine? Let's go with you first, uh, Sam. Yeah, I like that. I think we should call him Mark Flurry until he earns some wins and then we'll call him Mark Andre again. Well, we'll just keep it at Mark as long as he's struggling. Um, yeah, the, the goaltending has been abysmal. Um, I, I feel like they're still figuring out kind of life beyond Kevin Fiala. And I know that he was more of an offensive player. Right now the issues are on defense, but mm-hmm. I trust their defense to figure it out. I mean, they've got a lot of experience and a lot of vets on that blue line. I think the, I think the Wild will eventually be okay, but they got to not allow 10 goals a game. Like, this is a, this is ridiculous. Mm. Reggie. Yeah, I think they'll even out a little bit just because the talent is there. Like, you saw the, the game-winning goal from Kirill the Thrill last night. Like, he's going to get them – he's going to keep them in a lot of games offensively. And you got guys like Boldy and Zuccarello scored two goals last night. Like, that's awesome. I think that they'll be fine in that regard. And like you said, Sam, like, I think, you know – Coach Everson is going to continue to get these guys together on the defensive front. But you can't do anything about Flower uh, giving up 76 goals a game. Like, that is very <laughs> concerning. Like, you're not going to win games if if he's going to do that. And it was concerning last year into the playoffs when he was kind of giving up a lot of those goals. And you're like, I don't know. Then they re-signed him. You're like, all right, we'll see if he can snap out of it. And so far, it hasn't been great. And so – that doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence for them actually doing something meaningful, making a run toward the playoffs this year. Luke, really quick, what you got? Yeah, I know it's early. You don't want to overreact too much. But to be honest, I was concerned heading into the season, losing Cam, Talbot, Kevin Fiala. They don't add anyone to replace Fiala because of the cap restrictions. So just there alone, you're already behind the eight ball. You're losing more talent than you're gaining. You still got Kirill, like Reggie said. Uh, you can build around him. They bring up the first round pick from Iowa, Marco Rossi. But is that enough? You know, major special teams woes last year, 18th in power play, 25th in penalty kill. How are you going to fix those issues? Just more questions than answers for me. They start one and three, really concerning. I just don't have a ton of confidence the Wild can have another run like they did last year. I'm going to say I'm not concerned at all. One and three, it's early. They have a lot of games just like baseball. They get hot in any, like any sport. You all of a sudden, you go on a four-game, five-game win streak. Everybody forgot about the early season. Well, now it's the time of the show that I love. It's the question game. You guys are going to get three questions, and then you just have to give your answer. I'm going to give points, and then the winner gets to be the winner today and say everybody else sucks. So these questions are Vikings-related, but NFL stats. And you guys tell me where they fall really quick. If you look at the NFL passer rating for a defense, NFL passer rating for a defense allowed. Wait, nope, sorry, offense, my fault. NFL passer rating for an offense. The top NFL passer rating, of course, in the NFL is the Bills. Then you got the Chiefs, and then you have the Eagles fourth. Eagles are fourth. I was very surprised at that. When you look at the Packers, Lions, Vikings, and Bears, where do they rank? Packers, Lions, Vikings, Bears, where do they rank? So if you just think about and not like total overall, just in the NFC North, who has the best passer rating, who has the worst? 
Where do you think – and you know what? Just tell me, where do you think the Vikings fall? Are they one, two, three, or four in the NFC North for pass rating? I'm going to say they rank second behind the Lions at first. I know they got wiped out first New England, but outside of that, yep. Jared Goff's been pretty lights out. And then I'm going to say – um, I guess you got to go with Justin Fields last at fourth, and then the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at third. They've struggled okay. quite a bit. What you got, Sam? See, I would have I would have gone exactly in that order. So just to be contrarian, I'm going to go Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears, and mix up the top two. Okay. What you got? Uh, That's where I was going to go. Um, Vikings first, Lions. Tigers, Bears, oh my. <laughs> I'm right, going to it? say the winner, I don't know who the winner is because all you guys are off. Packers are first, 94.1 passer rating. Lions are second, 93. Vikings are third, 89.4. And Bears are last, you guys are right, by a wide margin, 72.7. But the Vikings, Lions, oh Packers are pretty close. Lions are only one uh point behind and then the vikings 89.4 so it is the is the packers lions vikings bears next one and i don't know who gets the points on that because i you guys are all off uh next one first downs allowed so passing first downs allowed is a defensive question who is first and who is last you got the packers lions vikings bears of course in there i'll tell you one team has allowed 51 and one team has allowed 68. So mm. where do the Vikings fall in that? Are they first, second, third, or last? I think Detroit's probably allowed passing. the most third downs. Okay. Um, and I would say the Vikings might be second. Yeah, I'll okay. say the Vikings are second. Second most got, allowed Reggie? in the division. I actually think the Vikings are first okay. and the Lions are second. Got it. What you got, uh, Lucas or uh, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Vikings have given up so many yards this year. I'm going to say that the Vikings have given up the most first downs. Cheers go to Sam. Sam is correct. The Packers have only given up 51. The Lions have given up 68. And the Vikings have given up 78 passing first downs. That is wow. They are 27th in the NFL right now. Surprisingly, the Bears are second. They are on, they've only given up one more than the Packers at 52. I was very surprised, but Roquan Smith is good. And their offense just is not really good right now. So, Sam, you're in the lead. Last question, this is just a fun one. Kirk Cousins. So, if you think about passing, right? Passing and running. So, passing completion percentage. We're going to go back to completion percentage. Where does Kirk Cousins fall when you think about the NFC North is Kirk Cousins, and you, you're looking at Jared Goff. You got uh, what's his name, A Raj, and then you got uh, what's his name, the other guy, uh, <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Fields. And uh, I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say he's third. His completion percentage is actually lowered quite a bit from what we've seen in years past. More explosive plays, but lowered. I think 65, 66 percent. I'm gonna say third behind Goff and A Raj. Rogers first, then Goff, then Cousins, then Fields. Okay. Yeah. So Rogers I, I first, go, then Goff, then Fields. Okay. I'll go Rogers, Kirky, then Goff, and Justin. I need some help, Fields. 
<laughs> Justin, I need some help field. Wow, <laughs> fellas. I'm very, I'm very upset. Let's see. Let me try to find wow. Justin Fields. That's the one I'm, I was missing. Uh, let's go to interceptions because I know he has the most. I'll find him a lot faster that way. Justin Fields. All right. So here's the results. You got Aaron Rodgers is actually first. Kirk Cousins is right behind him, 67 to 66.2. Okay. So Cousins mm. is actually second. Then you got golf at 59.2. And then you got Justin Fields at the bottom, 54. Point two. I have no idea who won that game because the points are just got weirder there. We all but I want to thank everybody. Everybody's a winner today. I want to thank everybody for joining us on the Minnesota Locked On Sports. Or sorry, the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast roundtable. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Luke Inman. That's Sam Ekstrom in the hotel waiting for his housekeeper to come in there and clean up that room. And I'm Ron Johnson. Make sure you remember to download the uh, Amazon Fire and Roku apps. You can find all of our shows. You can find Sam in his hotel room on there. You can find Reggie trying to figure out where is Tim Connolly, and you can find Luke Inman just being the most interesting man in the room. Please like, share, comment. Let us know what you think. Who did you think was the worst quarterback in the NFC? Who did you think was the best defense in the NFC North? Let us know where you took the stand on that. Did you get the game right? Were you right or wrong? Don't lie. Don't cheat. Have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.